where are the places that I'm judging myself? When I judge other people, what is that? Mm -hmm. Why? Where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. Who is that inside of me and what is that related to? Mm -hmm. Just doing some of that excavation work Mm -hmm. of your own internal narratives, your internal experience. You know, for me, that has been a big part of just dismantling these dynamics of judgment. Welcome to the Smart and Hot Podcast, a safe space for soulful, real-ass bitches. Hi guys, welcome back to the Smart and Hot Podcast. It's been a little while since we last connected. I have been on a little smart and hot summer vacation. I took a little break from recording. I really just needed a few weeks for some creative rest. I went on vacation with my family. I also have been finalizing the design and the colorways for something that I'm launching very soon. And that's all that I'm going to say about that for now. But buckle the fuck up, you guys, because I have cute stuff coming for you and I am so excited about it. It's been like a goal since I thought of Smart and Hot, since I started it. So that's all that I'm going to say about that for now, but stay tuned on Instagram at IamSmartAndHot for the official announcement because it will be coming soon. It feels so good to be back and recording and having creative ideas and juices start flowing again. This is exactly the feeling that I was looking for and I always know that when I start to feel a little bit stuck creatively, when I start to feel a little bit burnt out, I just need to take a step back. I need to take a break. So I gave myself that and I'm so glad that I did. I really feel like August has been such a transformative month so far and I am recording this intro on August 12th. You guys will be hearing this episode on August 16th. This month has already been so transformative. I feel so many shifts and I just feel completely different, which is something that I'm going to go into in a completely separate episode, but I feel really good. I just feel completely different. Like I feel like I've gone through this like insane portal of awakening and healing and you know, that's the journey sometimes. So I'll get into that later on. What's most important is that I introduce today's guest who is someone who I look up to and just cherish so deeply. Today I have Sabina Lundgren who is a professional dancer, movement director, choreographer, educator, and mindful movement guide based in New York City. Some of the highlights from her journey as a professional dancer include dancing for Beyonce on the Formation World Tour and Coachella performance, Lady Gaga for the Super Bowl halftime show and her Victoria's Secret fashion show, Christina Aguilera in her Vegas show, The Experience, as well as Usher's A-Tour, Trey Songz, Tyga, the NBA Brooklyn Nets team, Dana Foglia Dance Company, and the rock and roll burlesque show Little Miss Nasty, along with countless TV shows, award shows, movies, 
and industrial gigs. Along with her experience as a professional dancer, Sabina has a Master's of Arts in Psychology and Education from the Spirituality Mind Body Institute at Columbia University. She has also completed Daniel Rechthofen's Mindful Education Teacher Training and Embody Labs Integrative Somatic Trauma Therapy Certificate Program. Sabina combines her experience in training as a professional dancer with her studies in somatic psychology and spirituality to hold movement spaces that are nourishing and life-giving, where artists can focus on body and mind awareness through a grounded, holistic approach. Through Jungian perspective, her movement direction and choreography explore archetypal symbolism that brings the unconscious to consciousness. I mean, based off of that bio, I'm sure you guys can tell Sabina is an absolute force, has had a killer career, but not only that, she makes everyone around her feel so safe she is truly so special she has the best energy and has so much to offer i really credit her with reconnecting my love for dance back into my life and i just can't say enough good things about her so sabina thank you so much for coming on the show and without further ado let's jump the fuck right in shall we hot podcast thank you i like to start off every episode with a little energy update so mm-hmm. tell the audience what's the space that you're in currently <sighs> i mean i i feel very full of gratitude right now but also like tired i taught this morning already it's like i never dance at 8 30 in the morning yeah. but i did this morning <laughs> and last night i took class Mm-hmm. So it was like, I don't think there was 12 hours in between me dancing. Yeah, so like back to back. I, I'm a little tired, but full of gratitude that it's like all in the direction that feels right for me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You've had so much going on recently. I have. Had You've been traveling. Been we traveling. were just talking about it before we started recording, but Sabina was actually just in Kazakhstan mm-hmm. teaching for, it was a convention, was it? Basically, the student that trained here at, she took my class at Brickhouse, um, she invited me to come and teach for her community. Wow. So she has like this huge community of dancers in Kazakhstan. That's so amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about that experience? <laughs> well, it was really cool. Um, it's my second time teaching abroad. Mm-hmm. And it just felt really special to be received and to share what I have to give. Yeah. And you know, everyone was really receptive and Mm -hmm. the culture there is like very generous. So they were just so wonderful. Yeah. I felt like I was a princess, honestly. That's so beautiful. No, your experience looked amazing and also just like, oh my God, the mountains and like everything about it was just stunning. Gorgeous. But you have so much going on Mm -hmm. and like, I'm so excited to jump into everything, Mm -hmm. all of your offerings, but... For the audience who doesn't know, Sabina is a professional dancer. (laughs) She's also my dance teacher who kind of, I want to say like you are the reason that I started dancing again. Yeah. I'll share the quick story. (laughs) I'll share the quick story. So I kind of like, 
I always felt like I wanted to dance in heels. Mm. Like, I was always called towards it. I was always obsessed with, like, watching the videos on YouTube and stuff. And then I had, like, a random, like, intuitive urge this winter where I was like, let me just go try a class. Mm-hmm. And you were subbing for mm-hmm. a different teacher at BDC, just happened to be subbing mm-hmm. that day that I randomly decided to go. And then it just clicked. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, this is what's been missing, mm-hmm. your style of teaching. And I'm really excited to kind of dig into all the why. But first, let's kind of go back (laughs) to the beginning of your journey with dance. Okay. When did you first fall in love with dance? Mm. When did you know that you wanted to become a professional dancer? Was it always? Let's Mm. talk a little bit about your journey. Yeah. Falling in love with dance, honestly, it's like I have always just been moving. I've always Mm. been a mover. Um, Like my mom used to put cushions on the edges of like tables table corners and chair corners because I would always just be like dancing around the house and like hit my head on it that's how I was too yeah I would do cartwheels on the couch exactly (laughs) exactly so it's like I've always been a mover and then even when I was young I loved to create like that was Mm -hmm. how I had made friends was like let's make up a dance together you know and and so it's I've always been like that yeah Um, And I didn't really know you could do it as a career, Mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think that that was a possibility. And I, I like, was in high school during the time of, like, So You Think You Can Dance, like, first starting out. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, when I would watch that, I would be like, I mean, I dance, but, like, I don't know if I could do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I just was, I didn't think that was a possibility for me. Yeah. And so, basically, I went to school. I went to NYU for undergrad. Yeah. And I didn't go for dance, Mm -hmm. and I was in, like, an honors program and just, like, being, schooling, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) being in the library writing papers. Mm -hmm. And even moving to New York, I would just take dance class on the side, and I would actually, like, change my schedule, like, at school so that I had Mondays and Wednesdays free so I could take my lyrical class and my jazz funk class. Love it. With anyone who was is like familiar with BDC from that time, like I was in Tracy Stanfield's class <laughs> and Cheryl Murakami's class. Mm-hmm. Cheryl Murakami did a lot of Beyonce choreography. Okay. Back in the day. Okay. So, but I was, it's like two very different style teachers that I was like, I have to be in their class every week. Yeah. So, and even then I wasn't, I wasn't like a cool kid. I wasn't trying to be a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. I just was like taking class because I loved, loved it. Loved it, yeah. And I actually got back surgery my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. And so that summer I like couldn't really walk around. I was in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting better from that, I started, I stretched every single day. Just because I was like, I'm not Sabina if I can't do the splits. Like, yeah, I just, I've yeah. never known a life where I couldn't do that, so I had to get on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was in that year I was, was studying abroad. Mm-hmm. And everything was amazing. It's like I had amazing friends studying abroad. It was such a carefree life that we were, we were in Buenos Aires. And, you know, we were just having a good time as college students. Mm-hmm. And I was like, something's missing. Yeah. Something's missing. And then, and so when I got back, I was like, when I got back to New York, I was like, I think I want a professional dance. Like, I think that's what's, I think that's what's, it's time for me to like, take it a little more serious. And I was thinking like, well, how am I going to do that? I just went to school or I'm Mm -hmm. finishing up school. It it doesn't really make sense. But I was like, okay, I think I need more training. Mm -hmm. And so then that just put me in the right environments to make it happen. Yeah. Because then I like, 
try, I got onto this choreographer's company um, who he was teaching class there, like at BDC at the time. Yeah. Then I did the BDC Pro, Pro Sem mm-hmm. program. Then I, I did the Nets at the same time. So all these environments that were like helping me enter into the professional dance world. But like, yeah, I didn't think it was possible. I yeah. didn't... I wasn't groomed for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I figured it out kind of on my own. <laughs> I love that, though. Because mm. it really shows that, like, I think a lot of dancers, especially, too, one limiting belief that I know I've experienced, and mm. I'm also, like, dancers that I've met in the community here who we either haven't gone to school for dance or, like, even if we've taken breaks, like, mm-hmm. a big limiting belief is, like, oh, if I take a break or if I'm not like dancing professionally by the time I'm 18 or like 21 then like there's no chance for a career for me totally but I think it's really amazing that you kind of paved your own way and it was something I love that you kind of discovered like you felt like something was missing yeah and then that was the missing piece yeah I look back now and I can't believe that I didn't dance for six years yeah because now it's like the thing that's like completed me Mm. and I'm like this is the one thing that's been missing Mm. but that's also the journey it is you have to lose you have to get off the path to get back on it and approach it in a new way totally I mean even me after like moving back here after I was in LA, you know, when I went to grad school, I thought I was done dancing completely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've told you that before, but no. I completely thought I was done. I was just told my friend this last night because she she's a professional dancer and she was kind of like, yeah, girl, I remember you said that. And I was like, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, you know, it's like knowing I was going to come back somehow. Yeah. But I did not think that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. I This is been a hard journey for me Mm -hmm. and I think that you're right like I had to fully let go of what it meant to me in that time to create space for what it is now Mm -hmm. and to like create a new relationship with it Mm -hmm. and so it's hard it's hard to do that but it's like there's a certain level of trust that like you're gonna be okay yeah (laughs) one you're gonna be okay and two like I'm sure looking back now like you feel that that break was necessary so that you could approach it in a new way and I feel like because let's talk about the tough part of it like what Mm. were the the hard feelings that you were experiencing that led you to needing to take that break yeah I mean I think I think that making your art as your business is a is just hard like whatever your field is Mm -hmm. and you know like blurring the lines and keeping it a healthy relationship I don't think I did a very good job of that yeah I'm being honest and and also I think the industry in of itself I mean I was really lucky to work so much Mm -hmm. in the time I lived in LA and it's so fast-paced that there Mm -hmm. isn't a lot of time to digest those experiences yeah and like when you think about the level that those experiences are at you Mm -hmm. know in terms of stimulus Mm -hmm. in terms of your nervous system you know just like very high stress environments very high stimulus environments in terms of like lights sounds people Mm -hmm. you know like just basic things that you know I really didn't give myself space and time to digest those experiences Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like all loading up to mm-hmm. a space of burnout and you know and I've, I've dealt with depression and anxiety for a very long time mm-hmm. and so like that being in the mix as well where it's like you know you're one thing adds on top of the next and you're like okay 
I am full yeah. and there's no more. I think by the end, I watch videos of myself from the end of me being in LA and I'm just like, I was dancing. I was doing the, like the right steps, but I just felt like a robot. Yeah. You know, I wasn't connected to it the way from like the perspective of how things started. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I moved out to LA, I just was like, I don't know. I just want to get paid to dance. Like maybe I'll do a burlesque show. Like yeah. I had no idea what was in store for me. And yeah. Yeah. And it just, it just all added up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the industry too, and like me growing up as a dancer, a lot of teachers just don't know how to provide their students the tools. Yep. And I think that's something that's so special about your teaching style now mm-hmm. is that you incorporate the balance and like the playfulness and the safety of mm. that environment Mm. and you create a safe space where your students can come and dance and Mm. put in work and like learn difficult choreography like taxing choreography but also connect to themselves Mm. and connect to the their soul and that's something that I feel with no other teacher like I leave your class and I'm like wow like I feel amazing every single time and the energy is amazing how did you kind of come up with this teaching style like coming Mm. back to dance and incorporating all these tools like mindfulness where did that integration kind of happen yeah I mean I've always been like I like there's a piece of it that's my personality like I've always been like this I'm always I've always been like you know I love talking and reflecting. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Like, and then the other piece is like, you know, when I went to grad school, I learned from this woman named Linda Lantieri, and she's a big part of what um, doing mindfulness and meditation in New York public schools. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't learning about dance, obviously there, but the way that she, um, you know, built up her classroom setting. You know, we I experienced it as a student, mm-hmm. and also I experienced it in terms of like academic theory of like why do we do this? Yeah, and so that was really pivotal in like how can we bring this into the dance room, mm-hmm. the dance classroom, and yeah, so she's like a big part of that shift in terms of how how do I want to do this? Also, in general, just for me, it's been a really important part of my healing process to learn more about like indigenous frameworks yeah um and like honoring my filipino lineage and so all of that has been really a part of like how do i want to set up this space something that i've noticed is like there's this hierarchy you know between with the teacher and the student Mm -hmm. and you know what happens if we make it more of a circular exchange Mm -hmm. it's like yeah i have things to share for sure and I'm also learning in this in mm-hmm. the space with you guys. And mm-hmm. so it's like, how, how do we make a space for that? Yeah. So that's really important. And then dance-wise, I just, you know, Dana Foglia was my teacher, my mm-hmm. mentor. And I, there's just so many, I feel, anyone who has danced with her and then teaches now, I just feel like such a, like, sibling relationship yeah. with them because I feel yeah. like we're all from her womb yeah. <laughs> and like and so I think my dancing style and stuff like is there's so much to do with that yeah so it's a combination of all the things no that's really special mm-hmm. I love that you said the concept of like a circular exchange between mm-hmm. a student and a teacher because I remember when I first started taking your class and mm. I was just like raving to all my friends. I was like, oh my God, like there's t- this teacher that I've been taking class with, like 
you are a, an amazing, amazing dancer. I've had mm. an insane career, but you feel like everyone just feels safe when mm. they sit next to you. And Thank I think you. that's really special. <laughs> Thank you. That's really special. And I think that it creates, like, it creates that safety mm. for your students so that they don't feel like they're on such high alert mm. and actually able to learn. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I just notice that I'm not like looking around the room or like mm. even so worried about what I look like in the mirror. I'm just mm. like there present and like learning. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like the dance classroom is also a, a classroom. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. why not use the information and science that we're learning about other kinds of classrooms and applying it to the dance room, mm-hmm. you know, like why not? Yeah. And you know, we all are of course individual unique human beings and our essence and our artistry is different, mm-hmm. but we also ha- all have nervous systems. We also all have brains. <laughs> like, yeah. like the, you need those to function. Yeah. So how are we treating our nervous system in terms of learning new information. Mm -hmm. You know, it is very hard to learn new information under stress. Mm -hmm. And and that goes across the board. It doesn't matter what you're learning. Yeah. So it's like if there's science that has been done that says, like, when your nervous system is more open to receive, then you will take in more information, why wouldn't we try? (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, it's really been cool to see how it's, just applying those little things because they're small, mm-hmm. but just to apply those little things, how much that has changed the space. Yeah. And so I feel very grateful that I'm also receiving that. Like when I'm grounding with, I ground with everybody. Yeah. Like I'm also with you. Yeah. Trying like you know just like all right, I gotta get into my nervous system. How am I showing up here? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about dig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Tell the audience about Dig. So mm-hmm. you teach your open classes. That's kind of what we've been talking about mm-hmm. so far. Is mm-hmm. like how you teach your open classes. We start with grounding, with meditation, mm-hmm. and then obviously we go into a combination. And that's how we learn in a classroom setting. But you have created mm-hmm. three day. Yeah, three day. Three day yeah. deep dive mm-hmm. mindfulness dance workshop called Dig, mm-hmm. and I. I haven't seen anything else like it. Mm. So tell, tell the audience about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it just, I felt like an hour and a half, two hours. It wasn't enough time. At the end, I'm like, there's so much more. So really, it was just, you know, an extension of like, well, if I had more time, how would we structure this? Yeah. And it's, you know, really big on the circular exchange, mm-hmm. really big on um, the mindfulness piece. Because I also, you know, you hear people say all the time how, like, dance is healing, movement is medicine. And so, you know, we we can feel and intuit the, um, the healing aspect of movement. Yeah. But what would happen if we create a space that's actually geared towards that mm-hmm. and not just from an intention space that it's like, I want it to be healing. Yeah. <laughs> but from a, like from a backed kind of way of like, this is how you can create this kind of space. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of dancers too, maybe don't have that, like aren't so much aware Mm. of mindfulness Mm. and how they can incorporate it Mm -hmm. into their their dance practice Mm -hmm. and like their career. Mm -hmm. So what do you think are some of the tools that you see dancers missing? I think that um, the first thing that comes to mind is, 
you know, watching our narratives mm-hmm. that are in our heads. I The more that I've been teaching, the more I'm seeing that it's like a pretty similar conversation everyone's having with themselves. Yeah. And... Yeah, and it's wild. Like, I never thought about that before, you know? And now that I'm looking at it from a mental health aspect, I'm just like, well, this sounds like it's a problem within our community that, mm-hmm. we, you know, the comparison and the just, like, fear-based narratives that we have of, like, not being enough or not being this or that. And, and it's like, maybe that's not going to go away. Maybe there's a part of that that's actually just, like, kind of a part of the pudding, if you yeah, will, of, yeah. like, what we're doing. But, you know, I think it's important to create some awareness Mm -hmm. and because is is that dialogue with yourself, is that inner dialogue going to be what's the most um, helpful for Mm you, you know, even towards getting the things that you want, like out of life, out of your experience, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's interesting. We're so geared towards, we, you know, we live in a capitalist society. Yeah. So we're geared towards like, what's the job? Mm -hmm. And I think... You know, something I've seen on the other end of the spectrum is so many, with knowing so many working dancers, um, the job isn't everything. And yeah. so many times, like, you get these jobs that everyone wants, and then what? What happens when it finishes? Mm-hmm. Does that mean you don't exist anymore? Like, because yeah. it's all temporary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just looking at these narratives in our head of, like, what is pushing us? What is motivating us? Why? You know, does it have to be this mean of a voice? Mm-hmm. Can it be a little more tender? I think that's one of the biggest things I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, that's, like, coming to mind right now is, like, how people's um, internal dialogues are really affecting their performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're speaking in the context of dancers, but mm. this, this applies to everyone. It applies to everyone. Everyone. And I think that developing awareness just around it, just developing awareness Mm -hmm. is the first step into Mm -hmm. actually shifting those narratives. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really special about DIG is like, you could have someone who's been meditating and Mm -hmm. like who has been self-aware and can come into the room and like actually integrate that with dance. Totally. Because my whole life, dance was something completely separate. Right. And like, I am a yoga teacher. Mm. I love yoga. Yoga is everything. Mm. You know, the, the definition of yoga means to yoke. just mm. means everything put together. And now dance to me is like, it's just as much a part of it as sitting and meditating in the morning or like totally. journaling. Like it's all, it's all one to me now. Totally. And I think that what's really special about DIG is it creates that space for that integration. Totally. And so a dancer who can come in and maybe is it it's also open level right mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. so what's another special thing about dig is that you you have experienced dancers or dancers who are just starting out and everyone feels safe yeah to explore that. i mean that's my my hope is that sometimes it's hard to even um it's i mean it's hard for a lot of people to feel safe even in any kind of space and so even to just one percent nudge in that direction mm-hmm. you know i think is that's my goal yeah um and that piece of integration I think you're, you're talking about is so spot on. Like, to me, dance is a vessel that carries life, mm-hmm. you know? And so the things that you see in yourself as a dancer, the narratives that come up that, you know, how we speak to ourselves mm-hmm. through our dancing mm-hmm. or while we're dancing, 
it's like, okay, if you pay attention to this, then maybe you can start to see where that's also showing up when you're sitting on the subway yeah, or when you're yeah. in your dating life or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's like our patterns are our patterns and then mm-hmm. they just imprint on all the different parts of our lives. Yep. So using dance, you know, an art form that hopefully we can feel good doing mm-hmm. to also start to listen to ourselves and tackle these things. It's like, why not? Why not integrate this? Yeah. And so much of trauma is stored in the body. Yeah. So that means that it's like, well, then how are we healing with the body as well? Mm-hmm. And, you know, using something where, like you said, play is involved, mm-hmm. where beauty, where art, where connection with yourself, connection with others, connection with your emotions is involved. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very fertile space for healing yeah. for these same purposes, so these same reasons. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's just I think there's a lot that's there that isn't hasn't been explored a lot. Yeah, and so it's really been cool to see how many people really resonate with all of it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's like it doesn't matter your level of dance. And I think that's the thing too is like we get so hung up about it looking good on the outside and. What it's like, yeah, it's a it's a visual art. Yeah. So there is that element. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. And does it mean that it's not worth anything if it's not X Y Z? Yeah. You know, like when I say that healing lives in the body, it's like, well, it doesn't really matter what it looks like if when you do it, it feels healing to you. You feel it. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think too, like for people who aren't as experienced, maybe like being with dancers who are more experienced, who do have more training, that's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. And there's such a incredible energy that they receive in terms of that, right? Yeah. And then on the flip, I think a lot of really incredible dancers, you know, we're so oversaturated and everyone is talented. Yeah. So it's so easy to not know your light and so easy to get lost in like well so-and-so is doing xyz mm-hmm. and comparing yourself mm-hmm. and so i think for some of the more um the dancers that have just been dancing for longer it's also a good check-in to mm-hmm. be like well why are you here yeah are you connected to your love of dance yeah or are you just going through the motions Mm-hmm. because you have to because it gets there sometimes yeah. you know and so i think for both you know, kind of groups of people and everyone in between, there's something to learn about being with other kinds of students in the mm-hmm. room. Um, like I said, I learn from every dig that I do. Mm-hmm. I learn from every class that I do. And it's not about the dance level. It's just, it's like, there's so much to learn in a dance classroom. Yeah, absolutely. And the energy that everyone is bringing mm-hmm. and everyone is like bringing their own internal like what whatever their day was mm-hmm. and the also the cool thing about dance and what I found a big healing part of dance for me especially in the past year mm-hmm. has been being able to come into a dance classroom and it is a meditation for me mm-hmm. in the sense that like I'm using my brain I'm learning but I can like I forget actually forget about everything else mm-hmm. for the hour and a half two hours mm-hmm. that I'm there mm-hmm. And I think that's really special because everyone's kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everyone's connecting in that way, too. Mm-hmm. I've met... So I met all of my, like, close dance friends through Dig. Really? Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love we, that so much. We will plan to, like, go to classes together now or if we bump into each other. Like, that's it's amazing. so nice also now having that familiarity. Yes. Because, like, 
I was I remember your first I took your open class after I did dig yeah. at Brick House and I was so scared. Yeah. Cuz I hadn't been like in a in an open dance class setting in New York in general. Yeah. But it's, let it's, alone in a studio with very amazing dancers. Yeah. I was so scared. It can be intimidating. But <laughs> now going, mm. I'm like, "Oh, I recognize like a bunch of people here. I can actually say hi to people mm. and like it's it's really nice. It's yeah. special. Yeah. No, that's been one of the things that I couldn't have um, predicted about Dig. Yeah. Is the community that we are creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that's just one of... Now that's one of the most important parts to me. Yeah. As I want to build it more and I do more sessions, I'm like... Oh okay. I didn't. I didn't know how powerful that aspect was gonna be. And mm-hmm. now that I'm seeing that, I'm like, okay. Well, let's put more energy there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do we build this community in that way even more? It's so special too because it's like when dancers and dig is not solely women, mm-hmm. but lots of women were dancing in heels. Mm-hmm. It's a feminine type of of movement, mm-hmm. and like we are all connecting to a feminine type of energy that. Mm-hmm integration like like connection to feminine energy is so powerful mm-hmm. when women or anyone who is identifying as a woman or not but mm-hmm. just tapping into that energy like it's really really powerful mm-hmm. and that's special because a lot of times dance is a kind of it's competitive mm-hmm. there's like you said so many talented dancers artists in general there are so many talented artists mm. anywhere but what happens when instead of being like I need to be better than you, Mm. we can look at each other and say, what can I learn from you? Totally. And how can we put our energies together and, like, we are dancing now for, like, the greater love of it and the art. Totally. And it's connect... I think Dig really helps dancers and artists connect back to their art and the why yes. of why we're yeah, dancing. Yeah, why we're things. here. Amen. I love everything you're saying. <laughs> Let's go back to the feminine aspect of mm. dance because... Mm. You are the queen of heels. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, the reason that I started dancing in heels mm-hmm. is because I wanted to like heal my relationship to my sensuality. Mm. I didn't feel like I was able to connect to it like mm. by myself. It was I it was kind of like needing someone else mm. to like be able to feel sexy, feel mm. confident by myself. But there is a really special healing energy that comes with dancing in heels Mm. and like the the sensuality and the femininity of it so like let's talk about that a little bit yeah it's so wild because you know like when I started training in heels like this part of it was not popular like I was training in heels because my teacher did that and I also did contemporary with her you know so it wasn't but it's, so it's fascinating to me, like I'm still just a little in awe that like it has become so popular. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are learning to dance in heels and it's it's like growing, mm-hmm. you know, with Instagram and everything. And yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny because for me, all the pieces kind of came together not in a linear way. Yeah. In like true divine feminine kind of fashion, right? Um... But I, to me, I think of feminine energy as creative energy. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily related to gender or, you know, anything like that. Everyone has access to creative energy. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, 
dancing in heels is like a way to connect into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so that's, I don't know. I think that my personal journey with that, it's like, I have been, it's like the embodied lessons are passed down in my class. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't have a way to articulate it, Yeah. but you can feel it. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm trusting that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, absolutely. I don't know that it, because I think so many times, you know, it's become such a buzz worthy topic. And so like it, you know, sometimes it can get just whittled down into the 2D. Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know that it's, I don't know. And so it's interesting to see how it's like being passed down, like from body to body in class mm-hmm. and not in a different kind of way, you know? Yeah. And it's also like when we look at like some of the the physical movements that we're mm. actually doing, like even like, like a hip circle or mm-hmm. like the circular types of movements, mm-hmm. like, like it's coming from like our sacral chakra, so mm-hmm. much in our solar plexus. Like this is where our creativity lives. Totally. So it's really interesting though because movement and dance, movement in general is like such a healing kind of modality. Mm-hmm. And then tying that into dance. Mm-hmm. The way that we dance and the way that we move our body and like whatever we are portraying, mm-hmm. like whether it's that sensual type of movement or even just the emotion, like it is so healing mm-hmm. because it's that release mm-hmm. through the movement too. Like I don't know about you, but like if I'm having like a really bad day, mm-hmm. like I have to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Or I have to go to a dance class. Mm-hmm. But dance for me has always been what emotions and what story that I have in my life, like what can I connect to the movement that I'm doing mm-hmm. to help me like project it more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or not at all. Sometimes you have to t- tap into a completely different different, different energy. Well, yeah. And, and like, you know, have you heard the thing where it's like um, emotions are just energy in motion? Yes. And so, you know, dance is an emotive art. Mm -hmm. And so when you're allowing those emotions to go through your body, that's what they're doing. They're moving through you so that you're not stuck holding onto one Mm -hmm. in your brain. Mm -hmm. And so it is a space to let those things flow. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, just from a very like physical kind of like tactile understanding of the body, when there is, to me, the reason why I think movement is healing um, is when you have agency, or so like trauma itself. Mm-hmm. Trauma itself is like there's a loss of agency, right? That's one part about trauma. Yeah. So when we learn how to move our bodies and when we are able to articulate through our bodies mm-hmm. in a very like physical way, you're gaining agency over your body mm-hmm. you're ga- you're gaining agency in a way where, where you're like taking back your own power yeah and it's it's very literal very physical it's like if your hips are stuck then when you're able to move them around and you are directing yourself to doing that you're making the choice to do that you have the agency to do that mm-hmm. someone isn't forcing it upon you someone isn't making you do something mm-hmm. then that is how we heal mm-hmm. our trauma Right. And I mean, I'm just speaking super broadly, super, super broadly. But, you know, it's like people talk about dance being healing all the time without kind of really knowing why Why, or what that is. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's about agency. It's about creating agency. 
And I think that's why when people watch dancers, they're so inspired by them. And it's embodied. They don't know that's why. Yeah. No one's going to say like, oh, well, you just have so much agency over your body. Yeah. No. (laughs) You know, no one's saying that. But you can feel it. You're like, wow, you really can articulate that on the cot. Like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and the musicality, like those sorts of things. Yeah. Of being specific and being sharp and all those sorts of things. The how, the textures that you give as a dancer, all of that is like illustrating your agency over your body. And that's the healing part. Yeah. So I think Heals Dancing is the space where all of those things come together. If you, um, I think they come together even if that's not even your intention. It yeah. It just is happening like that. It's like the, the body and the mind connection too. Mm-hmm. Like that bridging the mm-hmm. gap between the two and with dance training or any training like yoga mm-hmm. the when you finally one day when you release the journey of trying to get to the destination but one day you just get into the pose mm. or one day you can do the dance move that you couldn't do the week before mm-hmm. and those little things are like you leave and you're like oh I'm making progress mm. and just being able to you know be in your body mm-hmm. tell a story in the way that you want to tell it or be able to move your body in a certain way. I, I've noticed that dance has been such a healing part for not only healing trauma in my body, but mm. healing like my confidence mm-hmm. and like just becoming more confident in my abilities. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it translates even when I'm in like a social setting now. Totally. Because as I'm learning to have more agency over my body and mm-hmm. as I'm learning to connect my mind and body, now it can be in a new kind of setting and still know who I am Mm -hmm. I think really amazing embodied dancers I think always have a I I feel like I can feel how much they know themselves Mm. and how much if they're connecting to their movement Mm. that's always what I can see and what I can feel Mm -hmm. Um, I saw American Ballet Theater do Swan Lake a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago and I just always wanted to see Skylar Brandt Mm. I followed her for a while but like I was all the way in the back and like I can like just her face Mm. like there's so much soul in her movement Mm. that's beautiful yeah I see that with you too Mm, thank you (laughs) so as a dancer Mm -hmm. as a dancer you are an artist Mm -hmm. we are all artists Mm -hmm. talk about your relationship to your creativity Mm. and how you nurture it. Mm. Where do you think it comes from? How does it come to you? And mm. what do you do with it? Mm. I mean, okay, I don't know if am I'm answering all the parts of that question. It's a, a lot loaded, it's a loaded, loaded question, so um, we can go But yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. I, I didn't think of myself as like a creative person for a long time. Same. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. it's funny because now, and then when I went to grad school, there was so much, you know, that would be such a topic of like class discussion and papers and things like that where, where we're learning about psychology and creativity and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, why is this so popular? Like, why are we talking about this so much? And so <laughs> when we, when that was like on topic for discussion so much, I started thinking about my relationship to it. And I think, yeah, I didn't even realize how creative I am because it was so normal a part of my life. Yeah. And also because, you know, as a professional dancer, you're just surrounded by creative people all the time. Yeah. So you don't think of it as something different. Yeah. But I also agree in that everyone has access to creativity and it just expresses itself in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have something that we do that we can get lost in. Yeah. 
and I think that's like a space where wherever you feel that is where your creativity can um, surface. Yeah. You know, I think of it more as like think of it more as like Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's all around. Yeah. You can't see it. You yeah. can't name it, but you can tap into it uh-huh. when you have the password. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, the password is the first thing that comes to mind is like following my intuition. Mm-hmm. The more that I follow my intuitive guidance and in- intuitive nudges, the more um, access I have to my creativity, mm-hmm. the more that she, you know, comes up more often. Because it's like, I'm showing, like, hey, I trust you. Yeah. I trust you, so I'm it following. It is a universal energy. Like, mm. it's, it's the same thing with, like, asking your guides for help. You're mm-hmm. asking, the, it's, you're all asking the same thing. You have mm-hmm. to trust it. Yeah. And, yeah, and the more that you strengthen that connection, mm-hmm. the more that you hear answers, you know? What are some ways you strengthen that connection? So, for, yeah, so for me, it's really, like, yeah, following, like, actually taking action on the intuitive mm-hmm. hits. Um, I think having enough space for rest in your life where you can listen. Yeah. You know, my life has, like, even, like, following my menstrual cycle, following my moon cycle, following my internal moon, the external moon, all of that has been so a part of my relationship to my creativity um, because it allows space for rest to receive Mm-hmm. some answers receive some messages mm-hmm. um and also like creating a practice for yourself and for myself um you know my I I created a practice I call somatic alchemy yeah and I mean it's basically like you know I can use I I set myself two hours to move however I feel called to move yeah and so whether that becomes lying down Mm-hmm. <laughs> whether that becomes stretching, yeah. whether that becomes shaking, that's like a somatic yep. exercise for mm-hmm. people who don't know, like shaking out your body, um, or whether that's like, you know, doing some yoga kind of movement or improving yeah. or, cre- or choreographing or anything in between. Mm-hmm. Like I just use that space for that and, and listen to my, like let my body lead me in where I yeah. go. And actually, those sessions is like that's kind of what got me back dancing after I had stopped. Yeah. And it really came from my exploration of um, depth psychology. Yeah. Um, I feel like I spoke to you a little bit about this before. Mm-hmm. Carl Jung, he's like one of Freud's students. Basically, he came up, he brought the terms collective unconscious and synchronicity like yeah. into the Western lexicon. Yeah. So once I, I started learning about his work, that's actually what got me into the studio. So I was approaching dance more from a, a symbolism kind of space, more from an archetypal kind of space, and that's really what created that practice for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like that's my time to show mm-hmm. up for myself. Yeah. And it's like dedicating and devoting space and time to my creative practice, Mm -hmm. to tending to my feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many different ways to do that, but dance is one of the ways I do it. Yeah. And, you know, to move in a way that people will never see. Yeah. Because it's not for anyone else, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if maybe I share a snippet, it's like, it's really for me. It is, yeah. And so that's been a huge part of my creative practice Mm -hmm. is allowing that space. That's also, you know, where I tend to my narratives, mm-hmm. tend to my 
you know, things that come up because I'm a human being and they come up for me too, yeah. you know? So it's really like that dedicating of that space. And then the last thing that comes up for me with in, like creativity of like how, do, how am I nourishing that is like allowing my inner artist, allowing my, my inner child to have fun and play, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me that means I've always been someone who likes to wear fun clothes yeah like so like exploring that mm-hmm. you know and you know fun makeup choices or eating at good restaurants that yeah. I like you know they're just fun things that you're like these are the things that light me up yeah you know following those and they don't have to be expensive things you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's like walking by a, a playground and you're wanting to go on the swing mm-hmm. but it costs you nothing you know yeah. what I mean and it's two minutes yeah so it's like things like that where it's just like you're allowing the parts of yourself that um, maybe don't get as much love in this day and age where work is life Mm -hmm. and life is work you know yeah so it's like okay well what can you do outside of that even I've started um I collage sometimes and again no one's gonna see that yeah it's really for me Mm -hmm. and it's like this is just for fun yeah and allowing yourself to have things like creative practices that are just for fun yeah and that has made my creative practices that people do see a so whole much lot stronger. better. stronger, yeah. yeah. I am actually taking so much of this right now because mm. the one thing that I have been struggling with, especially over these past couple of weeks, is like I am so grateful that I've been able to tap into my creativity mm. again so much over the past year. Mm. But I've been struggling because I'm like, oh my gosh, everything that I create is being seen Mm. and so much of my time Mm. I am essentially working like three jobs I teach I have my nine to five I do this and like I'm so grateful to do all of it I love all of it yeah but I've noticed I don't give myself a lot of time to just play yeah like just be yes and it's a cycle I've gone through it a million times I think I'm more aware of it now so I know when I'm starting to get burnt out I'm like okay maybe I just need to take a step back Mm -hmm. and like I feel like every four months I need to be like left alone with a notebook Mm -hmm. like yeah just go sit and be in nature and like just listen I need to listen yeah um but it, it's interesting because this is something I, I texted my friend. She um, she has her own bikini, handmade bikini swimwear business. Work. And I'm like, oh, I can texted I get the her. link? <laughs> yes. She has her first like fashion show today in Miami. Oh, my God. Congrats. Yeah. yeah Katie. Awesome. She's been on the podcast before, actually. Amazing. Um, but I texted her literally yesterday. I was like, capitalism, algorithm, patriarchy. I'm like. I know. Why? Because also, we feel like subconsciously, at least with me, and I feel like a lot of people, maybe even with their creativity, they're like, oh, I I do this creative thing. How do I make money off of it? Yes. Yes. And it's been such, like for me too, I I totally hear you. And I've, yeah, it's been a practice. Yeah. To just be like, it is worthy even if you're not capitalizing off of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And... And that's a huge thing. It's a huge thing to allow yourself that space that, like, everything you do doesn't have to be capitalized on. Yeah. You know, it is worthy. Like, you know, you think of a plant. It's not thinking, like, 
Am I making money off of growing? Yeah. No. No, it's just growing. The flower just, just following grows. the light. Going it's just following the, the light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like giving ourselves space to even figure out what that means for us. Yeah. But it's a dance. It's because, you know, it's like, same. I do a million things and it's like one, I might be start off like, oh, well maybe I can, oh, this, this, this could, there's something here. Yeah. And so it's like, I start going in that direction and then if I create the space to listen, then I'll know no, maybe I should back off. Yeah. And it, I don't need to capitalize off of this. Yeah. And so it's it's a process and it's a dance. It's, it's not like one and done. Or opposite, you're doing something for a while, not making any money off of it, right? And it's like, oh, I just do this because I love it. And then all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, maybe it's time now. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so you just don't know. And again, having the space to listen in your daily life, however that means or looks for you, is like... Mm-hmm. It's such a tool, such a resource, because the answer is there. Yeah. You know? What are some of your, <laughs> like, daily practices, weekly mm. practices? Mm-hmm. I know you said you have that somatic alchemy. How often? How often do you do that? Um, it really depends on what else is going on. Yeah. Like, right now, I'm in, like, a two-a-week yeah. Two sessions a week. And I do yeah. two hours each session, yeah. so it's, like, kind of a long time. But I also am, like, you know, it's it's the boundaries are blurred because yeah. I also use that time to choreograph too. Yeah. So it's like that I am making money off of. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Ah! so it's connected. Right. But, um, but I think it's important for me to do it in a space where it's not about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a very subtle nuance that uh-huh. makes a difference. Um, but my other practices that I have, uh, I journal, I journal a bit. I, if you're, familiar with human design for anyone listening who knows about human design I'm a reflector and so I just take in a lot of a lot of stuff yeah and I and I also if you're familiar with astrology I'm a Gemini moon so my brain it moves very quickly yeah like there I saw a some kind of meme that was like Gemini is waking up was like sending paragraphs I'm like that is me <laughs> I'm sending paragraphs immediately I'm thinking in paragraphs as I as immediately when I open my eyes yeah um but so I have so journaling is super helpful to just like dump all of it out yeah. of my head mm-hmm. um I do pull cards for myself I have like a divination practice of that yeah I also like you know little things of like washing your hands saying a prayer mm-hmm. taking a bath mm-hmm. like it's like anything can be a practice Anything is a spiritual practice. Everything is a spiritual practice if you do it with intention. So, like, for me, it's not even... I think I remember somebody asked me one time, like, how long does that take you to do all of these things? And it's like, that's not the way I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Because, like, washing hands is such a good example. It doesn't take a lot of time to wash your hands, Mm -hmm. right? And if you add an intention to when you're doing that, or a prayer to when you're doing that... It takes no time at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, I have everything is a practice to me. Mm-hmm. You know, but those are some, like, literal ones that are easy to name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You know? Do you have a morning routine? Like, something you do every day? Yeah. Like, I mean, I used to... It's interesting because, you know, I was traveling and that really messed up my morning routine. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm coming back. I'm mm-hmm. coming back. I am a Pilates fanatic. Love Pilates. I love Pilates, yes. and my teacher is incredible. She's like in her sixties. Mm-hmm. Is the the studio owner was a ballerina, broke her whole body, and and healed it through Pilates. Love it. So she's very much like alignment 
very yeah. much doing that. And then yeah. I also take my, my good friend's um, Pilates class. And, you know, she's amazing as well, obviously. Yeah. And so... I like to start my day off with movement, like yep. starting it off with Pilates is nice. And as I'm getting back to my morning routine, it's like having that physical aspect is so important yep. uh, for me. Um, but I also go through phases mm-hmm. and like I, I try to follow it in, in, intuitively Yeah. where like, you know, I'll start the day with a, a card pull or I'll start the day with journaling. Mm-hmm breakfast I'm a breakfast girl I have to have breakfast (laughs) you know what I mean and like and my coffee I'm a coffee addict I'm like working on that but (laughs) but I'm there so all of those things are part of my morning routine I try not to look at my phone yeah for like huge it's huge it's huge because I find that when I do look at my phone right away I um will look at it exponentially the, the rest more. of the day mm-hmm. it's like a dope it's a dopamine it's a, thing yeah, yeah it is and so filling my morning with those other things yeah moving because if you take a movement class first thing that's an hour yeah you know that you are really in your body yeah um and when i do my pilates classes i'm like saying affirmations to myself like the whole time yeah like it's also a meditation for yeah me. Mm-hmm. um so yeah it's like it's some kind of mix of all of those things yeah i would say my morning routine is yeah love it yeah i love it <laughs> I'm taking so much out of this right now. This is like honestly the conversation that I needed to hear because I'm so like, mm. I've been very creatively drained. Mm. Like, but I'm going to get back. I'm going well, what is it that's draining you? I think I'm just not, I'm doing a lot for, mm. and not, I think my intentions have been like, just do, do, do. Mm. You got to fill your cup. Yeah. So funny, I was voicing with my friend before this about how we're filling our cup. Uh-huh. And I just told her, like, I literally just texted her, like, okay, well, if you see any breath work or um, sound baths, just, like, let me know. I'm down to do it this month. Because those things like that fill me back yeah, up. Yeah. I did, like, a six-minute breath work yesterday morning. Amazing. Because normally, like, my morning routine is wake up, mm-hmm. no phone, meditate, journal, walk and go get a coffee, then go teach. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I have to teach, because I teach most mornings, like, first thing. Mm-hmm. I have to ground myself before that because teaching requires me to give so much of myself. Totally. Um, Same. So that's what that's what's hard about it too mm. for me for like even movement because I love to start my morning with movement and I do most days, but most days it's also like how giving, I, giving, yeah. which is I love it. Yeah. I give and I receive right back, but I have to have a morning routine before it. But this week specifically, past couple weeks, I've had friends here, like we've had things yeah. going on, so it's like. Even just those few days, though, of not having that time to fill my cup and, like, really noticing the effects. Yeah. But, like I said, I'm kind of getting to that point where, like, I feel like every few months... Mm. Because I'm a generator. Mm -hmm. We're talking about human design again. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a generator. So, like, when I'm filled up or lit up by what I'm doing, then I have tons of energy for it. Totally. I can... You can go. I can go all day. Yeah. every day of the week yeah but then a couple months go by and I'm like okay now I need to like act, oh wait I, I shouldn't do anything yeah I can't do anything yeah it's interesting like this is one of the these are the sneaky things that come up yeah and I've been you know during the pandemic I mean in the beginning of it <laughs> um you know I was uh, in such hermit mode my life changed so much I wasn't out performing and I was home by myself so much so coming back into being more social, coming back into putting stuff out there, 
now and I'm so aware of it while it's happening yeah that I'm like okay well am I going overboard am I doing too much like yesterday I had a busy day and like today I have a busy day and I get a little bit like oh no oh no am I on the burnout train that's how I feel too. yeah yeah so there's a piece of it that I'm like all right I gotta relax. Yeah. Learning these things doesn't mean that I never push myself again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Learning how to rest doesn't mean I never push myself again. Yeah. I'm expanding my well. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I know how to push myself. I know mm-hmm. how to do those things. And I know how to rest. I know how to rest. Yeah. You know, that just because I'm learning how to rest doesn't mean I'm lazy. Doesn't mean I don't do shit anymore. Doesn't yeah. mean I'm not disciplined anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm expanding how I can be in the world. That's right? really like, that's kind of the thing that I'm healing in myself too. Mm-hmm. Is like, if I give myself this time to rest, if I take a step mm-hmm. back, if I don't share something mm-hmm. for a week... Mm-hmm. I take a week off from like it's little things like posting on social media mm-hmm. because like if you want people to see your stuff you, you need have to be to post put it. you have yeah. to be posting like you have to put yourself out there and it's like well what if I don't like making I don't watch reels why do I have to make reels yeah, you, <laughs> like, yeah. it's crazy but it's it's not a bad thing social media like it is a tool mm-hmm. and it, it there is a, a very positive way to create community through social media but the level of guilt. Mm. if you take a step back from it Mm. or like people will say like oh if you want to be successful then you better like every day no days off like you have to be consistent it's like wait well I'm just one person (laughs) yeah yeah and I think like you know this we live in a culture of urgency and Mm -hmm. like what is really urgent yeah you know and live in a city of urgency yeah (laughs) and so it's like well what am I doing is that a hamster wheel I want to be on yeah. or like, can I, can I move outside of that kind of paradigm? Yeah. And I, I, you know, I like, I don't think that there is, I don't think it's so black and white. I don't think it's so easy. Like we yeah. live in, we live in New York city. Like yeah. you get on the subway, that's the energy. Yeah. Right. And I love that energy. I yeah. love being here. I love mm-hmm. feeling that motivation here. Mm-hmm. It's so special. Yeah. And it's like, and what else? Yeah. You know, am I trapped? I, am I trapped yeah. in that? You know, and mm-hmm. I really just, I really believe that like, what is meant for you is meant for you. It's already yours. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't need to do it in an urgent way. And I don't know why human design is coming up so much, but, yeah. but for me, you know, as a reflector, I'm supposed to wait a whole lunar cycle before I make decisions. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, living like that, I'm like, well urgency ain't gonna work yeah because if something's urgent you just sit with things yeah Yeah, and so it's been a huge learning process for me Mm -hmm. to like simmer down with that yeah and I think also as I've been incorporating human design and just all these other sorts of healing things I it's easier for me to look back and be like I remember when I made that choice from a space of urgency and now I can see why (laughs) why it didn't work out it didn't work out (laughs) and now it's like okay and then those experiences and that awareness makes me then be a little bit more discerning in the present and trusting and trusting and you trust it like affirmations that I practice are like Mm. okay I trust my ability to like I trust myself to rest Mm. now I trust myself when I make mistakes I trust Mm. myself that like I can make mistakes and self-correct yeah and like it's safe for me to take a step back yeah and I think 
with creativity and also creative output that like people do see I don't ever want to share from a place that like I feel like it, it doesn't resonate as deeply with people if I'm sharing from a place of like lack mm-hmm. or I'm just doing something because I feel like I have to do mm-hmm. it rather than like sharing something that is intuitively led like coming from my my heart that I'm yeah. like sharing um whether it be dance or like a podcast episode mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. There have been times where I've been like, okay, I have to sit down. I have to record an episode. I'm like, it's not coming. I can't. Yeah, and then that's I, not what you're feeling. Yeah, so I can't. Yeah, totally. I mean, when something, a cue that I look at in myself is like when I'm saying, oh, I'm supposed to or I should mm-hmm. do X, Y, Z. It's funny. I never say that to somebody else. Yeah. I never say you should X, Y, Z. Yeah. I, that's usually not what I say. Mm-hmm. But I will notice in my conversations with myself, back to this internal dialogue thing, right? That's one of the things I've noticed for myself is that that is, I'm like, oh, when should or supposed to comes up, what is the shame, you know? And is that really what the question is that I'm asking myself? Yeah. Like, should, I ask my body questions all the time. Like, should I eat this? And it's like, wait, what what kind of shame is coming up? Should I eat this? What What do you mean? What's the real question I want to ask? Does my body want this kind of food? Yeah. Like, is, will this serve Will me? this be nourishing to me? Mm-hmm. Will this be, like, will this fuel me for my day? Like, those, that's really the question that I have in my head, but it's showing up as this should, so what is that? You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah, like, that's something I, I look at in myself of, like, okay, if I'm doing stuff because I should or because I'm supposed to, then maybe I need to think about this a little more because mm-hmm. that's not really why who who wants me to do that yeah you know yeah that reminds me of our session a couple weeks ago mm. when we were talking about we were talking about dance and our intentions before we go into class mm. or like just how we kind of approach it and you were saying I think I was saying how when I go into class I'm like okay like if I'm setting an intention before like okay I'm here to work like I'm here mm-hmm. to work and you're like okay well one way to look at it is like, okay, if I'm, I'm here to work, then that's like more for like my inner critic. Mm. But if I'm here to dance and like commit to play or exploration or expression or whatever it is, then that's more for my inner child. Mm. And I've taken that with me, mm. like with every class, because I feel like I'm a very hardworking person mm. because I'm a passionate person. So mm-hmm. I like to put a lot of energy into things when I'm lit up by it human design thing Mm -hmm. but I also know because of our culture and our city and the world that we live in like we feel like we just have to work 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 totally and what's interesting about our conversation today too capitalizing on everything Mm -hmm. I noticed that if I'm like just wanting to lay in bed and like do nothing then I feel guilty if I'm like if I'm not reading Mm. if I'm not like doing something productive yeah Oh, it's so liberating when you start to shift the story and be yeah. like, I'm a motherfucking lay here yeah. <laughs> and I'd do anything. Yep. It is like so liberating. Mm-hmm. And I feel you though. I mean, I still like, I'll have that guilt for a second and then I'll, and then I'll talk to myself and I'm like, Sabina, let's like, just chill. Girl, you don't want to do chill. anything right now. Yeah. So just don't, just you know, just don't. I spent so many years not living like that mm-hmm. and just really doing so much and it didn't serve me and it, I really went to a very dark place mm-hmm. when I was just trying to output so so much yeah. constantly 
But now it's like the medicine in that, I think, is being able to now be aware of that in yourself and be able to kind of share your story and where mm. you're coming from and how it can heal heal other people or prevent them from getting to that place. Yeah. It's all about finding the balance and becoming like a whole integrated happy human being. Mm. That's really like at the end of the day what everyone deserves Mm. to feel. Yeah. And I think what's tough is like to sit with our wholeness means sitting with the dark parts Mm -hmm. and those come up when we're still yeah those come up when we're resting Mm -hmm. those come up when we don't have things to distract ourselves like our phone or doing something or feeling productive yeah and I think that's a part of what makes it so hard to sit still yeah and to find time to rest because there's a million and one excuses Mm -hmm. you know like I mean it's the fact that it's a phrase like I'll rest when I die like you know it's like it's a very it's just like wow this is what like that's a normal phrase that people hear Mm -hmm. in our culture Mm -hmm. and I don't know that it's really working out for us so (laughs) you know what I mean so yeah but 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 sitting with our wholeness is like that's yeah that to me that's what healing is as well yeah and I think that it's can be surprising for some that that means like being uncomfortable mm-hmm. with sadness or with grief or with whatever it is that comes up. But I think that that's kind of the base of the healing work mm. that you do and mm. that you've done and that you share. Mm. It's just being able to get still. That's really like what mm. all these, there's so many different avenues mm-hmm. to stillness. Mm-hmm. You can have a seated meditation or you can have the artist way morning pages Mm -hmm. or like a dance class Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to just get still Mm. but learning to just be okay with Mm -hmm. the discomfort that comes because of that Mm -hmm. because once you can sit through it it builds that kind of that strength and that like I don't want to say like thick skin Mm. because but it just you're more I guess you can bounce back easier Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, you know what your baseline is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that, yeah. and you know. when you learn how to ground your nervous system, too, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Learned that over, like, the past year, like, yeah. what it even means. Yeah. All about the nervous system. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, it's a constant practice. Yeah. It is always happening, and mm-hmm. it never ends, and it's never, like, you figure it out. Yeah. And it's just, like, you might, I mean, that's one of the things for me, it's, like, I love learning things I love learning and so I can understand things rationally very quickly Mm -hmm. you know but then having that settle into your body and giving yourself space to actually let that settle in and notice what does that mean for me Mm -hmm. in my lived experience and not just in my brain Mm -hmm. that is hard and it takes time and it takes patience yeah and it takes like also knowing that like when you are off of that when you skew from center that that's a part of it too yeah it's not just about always being regulated or on the path or whatever it's like no the human experience is messy Mm -hmm. and so it's gonna require like allowing that mess to take place yep and so yeah it's it's constant yeah (laughs) I was thinking about this yesterday morning I was like I feel like it's only been a couple of weeks that I'm like, oh, I just feel like I'm off track. 
It's not a bad thing. I'm not even mad at myself because I'm like, oh, I just need to, I need to get my shit together a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because with the, the like going to Kazakhstan, it was such a beautiful, incredible, incredible experience, and it really messed up my sleep schedule. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, like I really have been for a month now, like trying to get back, and I usually yeah. I wake up at like between seven and eight, mm-hmm. and I'm in in being so off and feeling so chaotic with my sleep schedule. I noticed my internal dialogue about it was right? how hard I was being on myself. Yeah. That why do I have to wake up between 7 and 8? Yeah. Like, if I don't have an appointment or I don't have... Like, a lot of a lot of times my work is in the afternoon or at night. Yeah. So, why am I being so hard on myself that it's taking so long for me to get back to the schedule that I'm used to? Mm-hmm. And so, I was then... I'm like, okay, here we go. Another thing to sit with for myself. That yep. I'm like, why am I being so hard on myself? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And... In, and it always shows up in new ways. And like, you know, what am I saying that this means about me? That I'm not disciplined? It's like, well, am I doing all the things that I usually do in terms of discipline? I'm doing a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I missed my Pilates class because it's in the morning yeah. <laughs> and I was asleep. But, you know, it's like also as I'm learning how to listen to my body, mm-hmm. my body is asking for more sleep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's the difference of like, and, and this is the journey. This is the dance of integration. Yeah. Right. Where like those things, that negative voice still shows up and it's like a matter of how am I having that conversation instead of doing it unconsciously and not even realizing that's how I'm talking to myself. Yeah. And just watching, being mm-hmm. like just the awareness and watching. Totally. Um, have you read The Untethered Soul? I have a long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. This I was thinking this and then we kind of got off, but like there are certain books even that like you read them mm. and then you revisit them like mm. years later, months later, whatever. Yeah. Well, you're just at a different place in your yeah. journey and you understand things just in a different way. Totally. And that's one of the books that like I when I first bought it, I was just kind of like I don't know, like <laughs> like fine, cool, sure, like sure, like. <laughs> But now I, I finally, like, I had it, and, like, it was one of those books where I started but just, like, couldn't finish it. Mm. And then I finally finished it, like, this past March, and I was like, oh, wow, every single sentence is just, like, truth, 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 mm. truth. But one thing that I love that, that one perspective that I love that that book gives is that, like, we are not our thoughts but the awareness who, like, hears mm-hmm. them. Or, like, mm-hmm. we have a roommate that lives mm-hmm. in our head. Mm-hmm. And that's our inner critic, too. It's mm-hmm. all, like, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Inner mean girl, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But, like, now, it's just that watching. Mm-hmm. You notice the things when they come up. Mm-hmm. And then you sit with them. Mm-hmm. And you just observe them and kind of, like, maybe ask them questions but not attach. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of, like, when we're talking about something as small as, like, our morning routines being a little bit messed up. And, like, what is that dialogue creating about myself? Totally. Or, like, if I'm sick this week. Totally. Or I have things that are, I'm not crossing everything off of my to-do list because I don't feel that good. But, like, mm. all right, this isn't what I had planned for this week, but can I be okay? Yeah. Like, am I still enough for me mm. when I'm not as productive as I yeah. Such a good, a good like reframe and question to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally there with you. Yeah. Yeah, like because like I said, of not waking up earlier, then all of a sudden that means I'm not disciplined. Mm-hmm. Really, Sabina? Like, yeah. let's go back into your life and notice all the ways in which you've been very disciplined. <laughs> like, you're, why is that gonna make this mean this about you? Well, I'll talk to my friends. Not like, fair. if I'm not 
whatever, like if I don't get something done or like, cause I'm, I'm hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I know that I am. Mm. I'm getting better about it, but I'll be talking to my friend and they're like, you just did so much. Yeah. Like you have so much going on and yet you feel like you're not doing enough. So it's like, wait, how do I get outside of myself? Yeah. Actually my Dan is a really, he's such a good friend. He always yeah. is. He's that person for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like constantly telling me like, think that it's okay to breathe Sabina (laughs) you know and like in the most loving way not in a patronizing way at all of course yeah um but something that actually came up in my brain earlier and I forgot to mention it um I think too you know something with my my class Mm -hmm. of like again teaching more and meeting so many students I think dancers in and of themselves like you said are like you're a passionate person Mm -hmm. and you don't take a dance class if you don't aren't going to work. Yeah. And like, because really dancing is hard. It's painful. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. It's, it's on your body. It's like, on your body, but also your brain has to, to yeah. like take things in very quickly. Yeah. A lot of hand-eye coordination. It's like, it's kind of a lot of work. Yeah. So like anyone who's there that is showing up. Yeah. It's like, what happens when we reframe instead of like working from this fear-based space of and not enoughness space of like, you need to work harder because you're not working hard enough. Yeah. It's like, well, what if we reframe this? That everyone in this room is a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And we start at that baseline. Yeah. What changes how we do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there are reasons why sometimes people aren't getting choreography or why something isn't sticking. And like what happens when we reframe it and it's like you're not, not getting that because you're not a hard worker, but you might be you know, struggling with certain aspects because of something else. Yeah. Like, you know, that it's like, you, that's just not where you are in your journey yet. Or, yeah. it, or you know, you had a hard day or you're going through something super emotional or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not in your head. I'm not in your body. Mm-hmm. But what if we reframe it and it's like, it's not because you're lazy or you're not a hard worker or you're not disciplined or you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. It's like because we're humans going through a messy experience mm-hmm. and you show up every day, something else could and be you affecting you. you just do the best you can. And you just do the best you can. Yeah. It's like, what happens if we really believe that everyone here is a hard worker, mm-hmm. you know, and that changes, you know, just how we're spe- able to speak to each other, speak to ourselves, even like, you know, it changes the, the energy in the space mm-hmm. of like, if, because if I'm looking at everyone and I'm like, you're not working hard enough, it's like, well, now I'm yelling at you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, I still yell, but just more positively, honestly. Yeah, yeah more like passionately, more <laughs> yeah. encouraging. It's more yeah. encouraging. Yeah. Can you, do you have any advice that you can give other artists mm-hmm. in terms of like their fear of being judged mm-hmm. while being witnessed? Because mm-hmm. dance in and of itself is a performance art. Mm-hmm. It's a visual art, but all art that, you know, that we're creating for someone else to see. I think there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. of ha- perception. Totally. So do you have anything? I mean, first of all, you know, it's something that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, yeah, I might have thoughts about it, but it's also something I'm working on. I'm yeah. also in that dance, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the things I'm thinking about, first and foremost, is that, like, it does exist. It is happening. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, let's not avoid that. Let's not like, let's like just name the elephant in the room that that is a part of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes just acknowledging that is, 
can be the first step of like, all right, then what do I want to do with that? Yeah. You know, instead of being like, no, 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 every, we live in Barbie land and everyone is pink. Like, yeah. that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not true. It is a part of what we do. And even if we're creating a community that is more healing, that is, you know, more um, uplifting, not everybody's in that. Yeah. There's still going to be thoughts. There's still going to be people. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be judgment. Judgment. Yeah. So the other part I'm working with too, and this is where like the depth psychology, like my studies and that have really come into play, is a part of what I resonate with in like Jungian work is that what is happening inside of your psyche and your internal world mirrors what is happening in your external world Mm -hmm. and is mirroring what's happening even farther than that, but in the collective. Yeah. So I cannot make anyone do anything. And that's really not my job, yeah. actually, to control or to fix or to do anything to another person. Mm-hmm. So when this comes up in terms of fear of judgment and being perceived and all of this, the best thing I can do, in my opinion, is to look at myself. Mm-hmm. Look at the parts of my internal world and my internal um, workings where are the places that I'm judging myself when I judge other people what is that Mm -hmm. why where is that coming from Mm -hmm. who is that inside of me and what is that related to Mm -hmm. just doing some of that excavation work Mm -hmm. of your own internal narratives your internal experience you know for me that has been a big part of just dismantling these dynamics of judgment yeah because then when I look at it within myself then when I see it outside of myself it's a little bit I'm a little bit more aware Mm -hmm. it's like that that's what's happening there and Mm -hmm. so I don't need to take it personally gives it less power yeah and it's usually it's like well that's very clear that's coming from your internal stuff Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because the more that I understand mine, the more that I can just be aware that that's what's taking place. Yeah. You know, and so for me, it really is like, how do I, every time coming inward, coming inward, coming inward, mm-hmm. how, where am I judging? Mm-hmm. Where am I judging? And I, and taking accountability for that, you know, instead yeah. of just being like, well, other people judge, well, other people judge. Yeah, and so do you. Where? Yeah. How? Yeah, own it. Own yeah. it. Own yeah. it because it, it we're human beings, it exists. Mm-hmm. So, and I have found that the more that I look at myself and where I'm judging and how I'm doing that, the more others actually feel safer around me. Yeah. And not because I'm telling them that I'm doing that. They're not reading my journals. It's just the energy of it. Yeah. It just changes the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's not to say I'm perfect. I'm really not. It's I, like I said, it's something yeah. I'm working on, you yeah. know? <laughs> I'm working on it too. And because I'm working on it, that's also drawing in people in my life who are also working on it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it just becomes this kind of like snowball effect uh, and I think that that's how things change Mm -hmm. outside of ourselves and in general it's Mm -hmm. not because I'm fixing anybody or changing anybody but because our what's happening internally is reflecting all around us I know my intention Mm -hmm. it's okay if someone else doesn't understand it yeah Yeah. and has a different one Mm -hmm. and like Oof, that's such a learning thing for me of like be, being okay with that. Yeah. And that I don't have to defend myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you what my intention even is. Like, and just actually, I mean, that's a part of my like breaking my people pleasing things. Yeah. And uh-huh. I, I'm working on it. It's not 
fixed. <laughs> it's not done, <laughs> you know? But, like, because, yeah, it's, like, I might feel really strong with myself about something in, like, my somatic alchemy sessions by myself. Yeah. And then, you know, you take it in front of other people and it's, like, oh, yeah, now the, now's the integration part, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a practice. It's, like, every every day it's a choice. Every thought is a choice. Yeah. And so just, like, being present with all of those things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Ma- mantra biggest mantra is like do your best forget the rest hmm. and it's all it just comes back to you mm-hmm. and I like I try to check I mean I do I check in with myself every day mm. and I always am asking myself those questions are like did I do the best that I know I can do and if I didn't am I still okay with that totally how can I do better it's like you it's a just a process of looking at yourself totally identifying the parts of yourself that maybe you're you want to work on you're Mm -hmm. not so proud of them we all have ugliness and shadow selves and like learning to be okay with those and then asking how you can bring that into the light yeah yeah the taking accountability piece is so important it's number one for me (laughs) and i it's even it can it's like a a paradox because it can be a toxic Mm. trait for me because Mm. i everything i'm like even my trauma like it's right. my responsibility right. to feel this like right. when it comes up in my body yeah. and I look at myself I'm like you should have fixed this by now and there should again yeah yeah, yeah. right <laughs> there it is yeah, yeah. And, but that's so the but like what you're saying of um do your best and then what was the second part forget the rest and forget the rest yeah, yeah. it's like to me that's just like put it down mm-hmm. put it down mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. both parts are necessary yeah yeah, yeah 100% all right, rapid fire. What's your big three? Oh, Leo Sun, um, Gemini Moon, and Capricorn Rising. I knew it. I, yeah. I actually <laughs> did know that. Um, you're a reflector. I'm a reflector. Design. Any favorite books? Ooh, the one that's coming up right now is The Alchemist, um, Women Who Run With Wolves, um, The um, Addiction to Perfection. That's one. That's a great book. I'm going to get that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've read the first. I'm reading Women Who Run I love it. Right now. It's my yeah. Bible. I just bought it. I got it at this bookstore um, up the street, and I have to bring it back because every page that I turn, it's falling apart. Oh. Like the glue in it. I think it was probably like in a hot room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to get a new one. But I'm like, maybe I'll like keep it and like make like a piece yeah, of art with it. Yeah, make a piece of art with it. Yeah. I, mine is the neither the cover or the back is on anymore. Love and it. the entire like pages have fallen out, and the whole thing is like color notes, yeah, written, notes yeah. underlined everything. So I probably need a new, a new edition. Just soon. to like have it like when you need to flip through, but like yeah. I'm gonna make a piece of art with it. I'm gonna yeah. keep it. I'll just get another copy. Totally. Um, what is your favorite restaurant in New York? Ooh, ah. um, honestly, I'm gonna say La Dive just because I like the vibe. Not even that it's the best food, but it's great food. But like I just like the vibe. Where's that? It's in Dime Square, Lower East Side. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Let me think. Um, morning person, night person. I'm a morning person. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Big time morning person. I wake up thinking in paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm, favorite movie? Ooh. Okay. Oh my God. Do I have a favorite movie? I don't know. I'm not a movie girl. I have to be honest. Yeah. I. I am movies. honestly. I'm somebody who like it's I, most movies. I'm like I liked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's few that I don't like. The one that comes to mind right now, which is so random, is Death Becomes Her. Do you know this movie? No. It's Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. Okay. And I won't give... And, like, Bruce Willis. Like, it's kind of old. Um, 
All the old movies are the good ones. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I like it. It's a good one. And what's that other one with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman? The witches one. Oh, shit. What is that called? It's like escaping me right now. Mm, I can I see them. Know. I can see their beautiful hair in my brain right now. But anyways. Those two. That one. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I had one, and then now I'm forgetting it. It was going to be my last one. Oh, favorite show you've ever done. Oh, like dance-wise? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Favorite show I've ever done. You can give a few if you can't decide. <laughs> you know what was a really fun experience when I did um, Victoria's Secret Fashion Show with Lady Gaga? That was special. That was a very special experience. You, you need to tell him that. <laughs> My roommate, Andy, he's like working right now, but like he loves, 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 loves. I love that. Oh my God. Yeah, that was a very special, special show. Plug your everything. Plug your socials, your So yeah, my Instagram is dipped in gold. I'll link it. And yeah, at Dig Workshops is where you'll find information for the three-day program uh, that I do. And I also do a mindful movement class called Body Temple. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, more is coming. More is coming with that. Yeah. So just... I think that's it. Yeah. Well, go follow <laughs> Sabina. Stay on top of all the things. If you're in New York, yeah, come through. Get in her class. I'll be there. We'll be there together. And Sabina, thank you so much oh for coming God, on. Pleasure. I am so grateful. I feel like the audience is going to get so much from this conversation. I'm truly so grateful. So thank you for sharing your thank energy. You. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. It's such an honor. But thank you so much. All right. Bye, guys. We'll talk to you next week.